0: Welcome to Choices, Finding Your Joy. Paula Vale here. Another great show for everyone. I am so honored today to have such an amazing gentleman with us. He does so much for others. The the wisdom and the inspiration he shares just takes my breath away. I have with us today Michael J. Russ. He is a best-selling author, speaker, and consultant, take ownership of your power to turn lead into gold in your life. Oh, I'm so excited. Welcome, Michael.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It, it's, it's a pleasure to share uh, with you and your audience.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it. And I have to throw out there how much I enjoy your podcasts and everything you do.
1: Thank you. Thank you. That's been my sole focus for a year and a half.
0: Yes, yes.
1: No videos, no nothing, just the podcast.
0: Ah, you're making a difference, and you're doing so much for others.
1: Thank you. Thank I you so it. much for that.
0: <laughs> your words earlier was you're going to give us some meat to chew. chew on, <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to be talking yes, about absolutely. joy and happiness and, and so much more. Yes. Uh, Jump on in, Michael. I'm just, I'm just happy to. Okay.
1: Let me just, you've got, you've got such an incredible show and you're, you're expanding your brand and your horizons and reaching many, many more people. And that is absolutely awesome. And I'm so pleased and blessed to be on your show today. Um, let me, let me just say that your, your, your title of your show, Choices, Finding Your Joy is absolutely perfect. My concept, yes, my idea, uh, my view of, of joy and happiness is that joy and happiness are our true essence. We were born with joy and happiness. They are our core state of being, right? That's who we are as individuals. And as we go through life what happens is we get caught up in 3D distractions, drama, fear, worry, chaos, uh, the effects of our own perceptions about events which cause stress and unhappiness. Basically, our innate joy is always there. It's not something that we find. It's not some destination out there. You don't go find joy. You don't go find happiness. You rediscover the happiness and joy that you've had all along by learning how to deal with the 3D distractions that basically interfere with our ability to feel happiness and joy, to be in a happiness and joyful state of being, right? State of being, right, state of being is we define our state of being with the words I am right? I am this, I am that. We are stating who we are in that present moment. So when you're saying I'm unhappy, it's because you've allowed something to interfere with the happiness that you already have inside. It's not discovered. We can we can rediscover, reconnect with that happiness, but, we're, but if we're on a journey to find it, then the time we spend between Uh, Where we are now and where we think we are when we found it, we've literally just wiped out all the happiness we could have been feeling and the joy in that period of time because moments, the present moment is all there is, the past is gone and the future is actually uh, something that we influence by the way we think by our self-talk, what we think and say about ourselves, and I'm really big into self-talk. So this is this is where I've come from with my podcast, which is called Beyond the 3D. And Beyond the 3D is beyond the 3D distractions. Can we? How do we elevate ourselves above the 3D world, which is causing all of this discontent out there, this unhappiness, and uh, in our uh, enabling us not to feel our joy. That is so innate to us as human beings. Okay. It's our birthright to be happy and joyful. It is ours. We, we, we just have to claim it. And it's not something that we have to go out for. So I like to show people how they can turn lead into gold. Alchemy is something. It's a concept of personal alchemy. And people's idea of personal alchemy, of alchemy, the word alchemy when you say it really conjures up this a, a medieval scientist in a laboratory trying to mix various elements to turn that will help turn lead into gold to develop that process. And in personal alchemy, we're talking about turning negativity, okay, negative feelings into feelings into positive feelings, fear into expectation, and adversity into triumph hopelessness and despair into hope and promise bad into good okay fight and struggle into balance and abundance that's really what we're looking to do and unhappiness into happiness a lack of joy into joy that's really what personal alchemy is all about now personal alchemy is defined as the seemingly impossible process of transformation. That's the definition of alchemy. We put personal in front of it, we make it our own. And so we bring it into the, to the realm of us personally, and we have various elements that we work with. And here's the easiest way for me to describe how this works. Uh, alchemists in a laboratory have various elements. As a personal alchemist, which we all are, we all were born with the ability to create who we are, how we feel, and how we experience the life around us the events that occur. So I like to use this example where we have a bowl in front of us that we're going to mix things into. And all around us are the various elements of personal alchemy. And these are kind of what I've been describing over the past year on my podcast. And this year is about putting these elements all together. And and this example I'm giving you, I put in a podcast about three or four episodes ago. Now, the bowls around us have all our elements, our personal elements that we can use to transform our feelings and transcend negativity. So we've got, in this bowl, we've got receptivity because we have to be receptive to new ideas that can help us. We have awareness in another one because you have to have a heightened sense of awareness as to how we feel so that we can know when to use these, this process. Perception is another one. Contrast self-talk or in a conversation is in another bowl and you've got contrast because you use as a contrast between happiness and, and sadness if we don't know uh, if we haven't experienced both of them then we're not going to be able to recognize right what which one we want which is the happiness Great
0: right? point. Yeah. Exactly.
1: So we've got gratitude, and we've got forgiveness, and we've got compassion and empathy and personal responsibilities over here in another bowl, letting goes in another bowl. And then we've got unconditional love and non-judgment. So we've got all these little elements that we can choose from. So let's say uh, we pick any any adversity. And I'll, I'll give you one uh, here that, that happened to me, my, my, my dog of, of 15 years, who was a rescue back from 05. I had to, to put her to sleep uh, on February 10th of this year um, because her name was Angel and I like to say that she became an angel in that moment uh, because she was, she was so amazing, such a loving, unconditionally loving pet, never barked, never got on furniture. It was like she was an old soul, okay? And, and she just basically um, uh, adopted me basically and, and helped me in so many different ways. So obviously when you lose a pet, when you lose a pet, uh, it can be uh, very, very hurtful, right? We can we can feel absolutely terrible. And so I did a podcast uh, the very next day after uh, losing. After, after actually, she had a heart tumor, and I discovered that morning because she had problems breathing that that uh, weekend before. It was Monday morning, and I had to make a decision right then and there to put her to sleep and it was it was it just just like that it just came on doctor said see this x-ray she's not getting any better she, she won't eat she didn't eat for 2 days and i said okay that's it i got to make this decision so i spent 20 minutes with her uh, hugging her holding her kissing her letting her know how wonderful uh, my life with her had been and how great grateful i was that she Came into my life, walked onto the property of my girlfriend's horse property out of nowhere. Don't know where she came from, but she was an angel to me, which is why that was her name. Now, let's just talk about loss because right? we got this bowl and we got all these things around us, right? So here's how you apply these elements to form your own transformation, to perform a transformation, to transcend the negative feelings you have of loss, okay, and uh, of of. Any any anyone or in this case my dog. So here I have it. I've got my bowl, and uh, after it's over, yes, I'm bawling my eyes out because she was it it was it was such an emotional moment. And I brought her home and I buried her in our backyard, and uh, our other corgi was right there sensing what was happening and laying over the spot I was the hole I was digging and and filling in. And it was just such a an amazing time, and I looked up in the sky because the weather was really beautiful, and I took this bowl of mine mentally, this is something we do mentally, and I took I took perspective, okay? I took perspective and I put it in the bowl. And when you're doing this, your perspective is something you, you choose. You have positive, negative, and neutral perceptions about absolutely everything that you encounter in life, everything you see, every experience, every event you have. You have the ability to choose your perspective. And what most people forget is that that is a personal choice. Your choice is finding joy. Perspective is a choice. And it's a very important choice because it dictates how you feel, what you say, what you think, and how you respond. It is that simple, your perspective. So I like to say that the quickest, it's the first thing you throw into the bowl. Because in this case, I needed to shift my perspective Instead, from, from loss and lack and what I would no longer be able to do with this dog, no longer take her for a walk and take care of her and feed her and, and love her and hug her and all these things, that is what people get hung up on. That's where their focus is. I'll no longer have. It's sort of a selfish thing. I'll no longer have. I put the perspective in the bowl to shift my perspective from that negative perspective of loss and lack to one of gratitude. Boom. There's the next one back in there, right? put gratitude in the bowl. You mix it up a little bit. Now shift my perspective from negative to positive, And then I throw contrast in there because I I think about my life prior to her, think about my life after her. And there's a contrast there, right? And I want a positive contrast. I want to be able to say, oh, look, here's here was this wonderful experience that I had. I start focusing on the positive. I change that perspective to a positive perspective where I focus on how great it was to have her, the wonderful moments that we spent together the, the things I could just sit back and laugh about her expressions and her 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 smile because she really did did smile at me and and it was just how her she was an ambassador for the neighborhood and everybody in the neighborhood knew who she was. She never had a leash on never had a leash never had to walk with a leash um, because she was number one she walked like she mosey she didn't really walk she kind of kind of at her own little pace um, then I I put self-talk in the bowl because I, I want to examine my inner conversation. What is my inner conversation supporting? Is it supporting lack and loss or is it supporting my newfound perspective, which is positivity, about being grateful for having her, having had her in my life. That And this is really the way this works. I mean, I can, I can go on with this all day long, but you, when you start shifting these elements around in your mind, you, you can quickly perform the transformation that you need. And it only took me basically half a day to to, to follow through with that. By the next day, I had awakened and I had a newfound sense of joy for having had her in my life. And that's really what this is all about. So in this particular case, that's how personal alchemy works. That's what I talk about on my podcast. what, What are these elements? How do you use these elements? because we all have the capability to use these elements. I could apply this to the death of my girlfriend back in 1982. I could, my two best friends from high school who passed away early in life from this or that disease or whatever it was, cancer or brain tumor or whatever you, you, you can, you can, you can transform the way you feel, which is ultimately what the objective is here is to transform the way you feel, right? That's what this is all about. It's transforming from negative to positive and 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 it's all about feelings i've come to understand this that we focus in life on a lot of different things however what it boils down to on your deathbed is how you felt about what you experienced it's not what you have it wasn't so much the journey but the feeling along the journey it's 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 it is pretty amazing how if we have these moments how we can we can amplify those moments with lots of joy and happiness when we when we understand where our perspective is focused, and um, that's pretty much where what what personal alchemy is, and we can all apply it. Now, I'm, in all honesty, I'm going to tell you, I am not the person who invented the term personal alchemy. I've actually um, heard it, read it. Two different people uh, have been brought to my attention that that had. Um, already talked about personal alchemy, one from the a spiritual conscious, consciousness elevation where you're transforming, you're reaching a higher level of, 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 of uh, conscious awareness, which is what this is about. Beyond the 3D is elevating your conscious awareness in life. And so I can, for from a, uh, a perspective on a daily basis, I use this every day myself, have been for 30 years because I work in a career path for 34 years now Uh, where I don't know at the end of the month how much money I'll have. I have no clue. It's been 34 years. I've I've never had any paid vacation, no sick leave, paid sick leave. If I wasn't there to create uh, my business and my income, I didn't have it. If I took off for two weeks and I went to Europe, I'd have to come back and spend two weeks making up for that lost time. What's interesting is most people couldn't do that. Most, I've had people tell me, oh, God, I'd never be able to do that. i got to know where I am at the end of the month. It would drive me crazy. It would cause stress. It would cause me to not experience what I was doing when I was not working in a positive way because I'd be so worried about what would happen when I came home and I had to face all this situation. I, I got bills at the end of the month to pay. Well, everybody does. However, you can choose how you feel. You can choose to control your life. Your life is again not my analogy, but life is a canvas that's completely blank every morning when you wake up, and you can decide to paint a disaster or uh, a lot of dark paints, or you can paint, you know, joy and happiness, bright colors and 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 shiny things, and you can do whatever you want with that palette mentally. And once we realize that, and we're receptive, okay, we got receptivity in that little bowl. All this bowl's always there. We're just always mixing things into it based on specific events that we experience. And I do not, I do not have any worries or concerns at this particular point. It's not money, it's not, whether you have it or not, it's it's not the money or lack of it that makes you happy. It is not having the house of your dreams that makes you happy. It's how you feel while you're in the process of getting that house and how you feel in that house. Is that house your energy? Does it, does it, does it, is, is it a magical place? Is it, is the energy in there flowing so that when you walk in the door, you're, you're feeling so cool. Now I got to use this since you went to New York city, you went to New York city recently, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And, and I've been there too. I have a good, I I used to have a business there and I have a good, good friend from high school that lives there. Uh, And when I go there, when I go to places like New York City, or Los Angeles, or San Francisco, where there's lots of people, people shoulder to shoulder. I live in the South right now, and this is the first time in my life, I've been here 15 years, first time in my life that I've ever lived in, in the South. And, and there are some distinctive differences between uh, Southern living and Northeastern living and California living, which is where I, I lived for 28 years. One of the interesting thing is down here, everybody says hello. Everybody waves at me. I walk every morning. Uh, instead of walking my dog, who's now passed away, I walk for three and a half hours. I pow- power walk every morning. I get up and do that as, as a uh, as, as a tribute to to her so that I'm not just lazing around. I, 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 I knew she would want me to keep walking and take care of myself. So that's really what I do every morning. And I don't care who it is that drives by. I'm always, you know, hands always up. Everybody, goes, everybody says, they don't, you don't know who they are. They don't know who you are. But it's really kind of interesting. When I go to New York, it's such a dense place, densely packed place. It's about eight, eight and a half million people that live in, in, in Manhattan on that island. So when you're in a place that has lots of people, personal space and personal time are at a premium.
0: Mm.
1: So I can understand why people in New York City don't say hi to each other as they pass other on the street. You'd actually become, you'd spend all your time doing it because you're shoulder to shoulder with people everywhere. Yeah. And so personal, personal space is something that you really cherish and your personal space is as you're walking down the street with your cell phone or your earbuds or whatever it is, headphones, whatever you've got going on, it's your personal time. It's your personal space. You have to find it where you can find it. And I don't hold that against people. I'm simply saying that Again, when we're on our deathbed, it's, it's relational connection, which is the second thing that you really cherish. It was one of our biggest problems in the United States, and the Western world right now, is that uh, the older we get, the less personal connection we have. And in, in uh, these retirement communities and other places, and you know, my father passed away from, from dementia in, uh, five years ago, and it gave me a firsthand look at, because we had to put him in an in a assisted living facility. Uh, because he had type 2 diabetes and if you have a short-term memory problem you can't remember to take your diabetes meds and you're going to end up having being in a diabetic coma because you didn't eat or you don't didn't remember whether you took your meds it's like this it was a crazy thing so we had to find a nice place for him that that he wasn't in the the secured level where he had to be locked up um, and prevented from moving around he just had a short-term memory issue and eventually uh, got the best of him however it gave me again, a contrasting perspective between home life and assisted living life. And I began to understand how the, how someone it could, could be in an assisted living facility, and the number one issue is relational connection. And I'm talking about generational relational connection. It's a problem that we have in other, in other parts of the world, in Asia, generations, older generations live with younger generations, and there's, there's a benefit to that occurring. And we get so caught up in our own little lives and worlds and our own 3D distractions that it becomes an issue with older people. And it, it has a, a, a an effect on their joy and, and their happiness. Relational connection is, is huge. And my other pet peeve, of course, with electronics, because I grew up without cell phones and email and computers and Facebook and all the social media stuff is that, that people have an illusion of connectivity. There's an illusion of connectivity which, which detracts from being happy and which detracts, interferes with your own innate happiness and joy. Because now what you're doing is, your main mission is to develop all these virtual friends.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: when your virtual friends don't respond to what you put out, the, the reaction from you is one of sadness. See, so we need that dopamine hit. It's sort of an, it's what they call it, an addiction because it has, it, has, it has the ability to be addictive and ability to affect your happiness. And all I want people to do is, is understand that there are all the kinds of different distractions out there. What you have to do as an individual is to recognize that they are distractions, that they're everywhere, and that events are only events. And you could line 100 people up to see the same event, and they would all have a different take on it, a different experience, a different perspective, because they all have had different experiences up to that point. For somebody who experienced that for the first time, what they were watching, they'd have oh, maybe a shock and awe experience. Whereas somebody else who'd been familiar with something like that before, experienced it already in their life once or twice, would go, oh, yeah, whatever. It, it's 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 not the end of the world it, it, because that's that's what they're they they they've been desensitized to it. And so the desensitization, desens, what oh that's a tongue twister, is desensitization. Yes. <laughs> of us in this world has all these things, these distractions, stress. Let me talk about one other thing, adversity. Because if you look up adversity on on a computer, uh, on Google or you search adversity, you're going to find the the term overcoming adversity, overcame adversity. Um, Adversity is not a thing, it's not a thing. I wrote a book called Zero Adversity um, yes. back in 2014. That's my international bestseller. And I come to understand, I came to understand that, that adversity is an experiential thing. Adversity is an experience. One person's adversity is not another person's adversity because it's experiential. So we in this, in the society have a problem where we start calling things adversity. That's adversity. This is adversity. And you have to overcome that adversity. My perspective is simply this. If we don't see it as adversity and we just see it as an event that has occurred and we can take control of it because now we have, we haven't put a hurdle up in front of us because as soon as you use the word adversity, it, it, in, invokes these feelings, usually negative feelings, negative feelings about having to overcome something, having to be yes. resilient, right? Yes. You have, to do, you, have to, you have to overcome it. So I don't. my suggestion is don't call it adversity. Just think about how you're perceiving whatever that thing is that's happening and recognize your ability to choose positive, negative, neutral. You can choose to see it as the worst thing in the world. Just recognize that that's a personal choice. And it's going to have consequences that because you've now beyond the event, you've now created a situation or circumstance that you have to gather energies. You you yes. I see things I see things as energy. And and I look at look at our responses as energy, our words, all words have energy.
0: Yes. And Yes.
1: The first two books I ever wrote were self-talk books, powerful self-talk and design your life using self-talk to create your life one day at a time. And I did it because in my profession, I had to micromanage how I felt. I needed to make sure I wasn't allowing any negativity, any 3d distractions to to interfere with my ability to be happy, well-adjusted, have a top attitude, you know, have be, be at peak. Okay. Be at 10. Because everything you do, you focus on that, that you see as adversity or see as uh, a challenge or whatever it is. You create something that you say it's hard, it's difficult, uh, it's tough, it's impossible. When you start using those words, you start bringing the energy of those words into um, your feelings. And then you diminish your state of being yes. notch by notch. Right? It's just like, boom, I, that, that thing is hard. Well, we just went from 10 to 9. Okay. This is gonna be a real difficult thing. Okay, now we're at eight, right? So we keep knocking down our ability to overcome whatever it is. And maybe, maybe that thing is not gonna be it's not it's not hard, it's not difficult. That's just a label we put on whatever it is to give us an out if things don't work out. We have a crutch to fall back on. Well, I told you so. I told you it was gonna be hard. Well, yeah. But but what those words don't enact, they don't garner any energy. When you say this is why I tell everybody challenge. Self-talk is big with me. Challenge. Use the word challenge for everything. If you have to take an action, it's a challenge. Say it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's going to be challenging because that that is a a word that builds energy. It actually opens up pathways to inspiration and creativity as to how you could overcome that challenge.
0: I love that. I love that, Michael.
1: Michael, oh my
0: gosh, we have gone through most of our time here. I could listen (laughs) to you for hours. Oh my gosh. I
1: love it. I love it.
0: You we're gonna have to do another show because I could just I could listen to your powerful messages for hours. Can you (laughs) share your website and any information you want to share with everyone and any last words please?
1: Well, let me just say this. My message is you have the ability, you were born with the ability to create your life, and you can take control of it at any time, and you can take it wherever you want to go, and it's how you experience uh, your life that matters, okay, and how you experience events, and you can control all of that so that you can feel awesome all the time should you choose to be so. Now, my website is michaeljruss.com. I-M-I-C-H-A-E-L, uh, J Russ, dot com And my podcast is called Beyond the 3D, the number three, the letter D, uh, .com. And uh, it, it's at www.beyondthe3d.com. All the episodes are there. I'm on iTunes, uh, my gosh, iHeart, Spotify, you know, Beyond the 3D is all over the place.
0: Love it. Oh, Michael, awesome. <laughs> I am just so grateful and so honored.
1: Thank um, you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to share. Uh, yeah. I know I did all the talking.
0: <laughs> I love it. Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, the, the
1: uh, powerful
0: messages. I mean, they, they just... Thank you. It's so, so true. Oh, love, hugs and blessings to you, Michael. Thank and you. to everyone out there, love hugs and blessings.